Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. It's good to be together. It's good to be in church. It's good to be the church and to assemble together as the church, as your people. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you it is a trustworthy and true and unfailing revelation of who you are and of your will. And we open it today, trusting the Holy Spirit to make it come alive in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for it. And everyone that agreed with that said? Amen, amen. Praise God. Go with me to the book of Exodus this morning. Exodus chapter 3 and verse uh, 13. <coughs> this, is when, uh, this is when God called Moses to go and deliver the children of Israel. In uh, verse 13 of Exodus 3, it says, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So Moses goes down to Egypt. By the hand of God, he delivers the children of Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt, and right after they crossed the Red Sea, you know, the miracle at the, at the Red Sea, right after they crossed the Red Sea, the Lord begins to reveal more about himself. All that he told them so far is, I am. I am. But then they come through the Red Sea, and it's just maybe just a few days after they've come across the Red Sea. And, he, and, and this happens in verse 22 of chapter 15. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. You know God can turn our bitterness into sweetness? Amen. Amen. He did it here for them. Then there he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. Or it says he made a statute and an ordinance for them. Now we have, we have statutes and we have ordinances uh, traffic laws, we have laws that are uh, for, this, for the city of Cumming and for South County laws for the state of Georgia, laws for our uh, federal laws, their statutes and their ordinances. Now, some would question this, but, but, in, but in, in, in theory, those laws are to be the same for every person, right? They should be applicable the same across the board for every person. So here he says he makes a statute and an ordinance for them. In other words, this is for everybody. All right, well, what is that statute? Well, here it is in verse 26. And he said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians for what? I am. I am. Here's the I am beginning to reveal a little bit more about who he is. He told, him, he told Moses already, go tell them that my name is I am. 
And so they accepted that. And so now they're, uh, they're out of Egypt. And he says, okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about myself. I am the Lord who heals you. I am a healer. The, the Hebrew uh, word, the Hebrew compound word there is Jehovah Rapha. And this is the very first in the revelation of God revealing his redemptive names to his people. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. Hallelujah. So he, uh, and, and he had done that. When they, when they left Egypt, he had done that. Remember, we read this last week from Psalm 105 and verse 37. It says there were no sick or feeble people among them, right? <laughs> you know when that happened? I believe when it happened was when they, when they partook of the Passover lamb. He instructed them to kill the Passover lamb. And for us, that's a type and shadow of, of the Lord's Supper or communion yep. today. And Paul said in receiving communion in 1 Corinthians, he said, when we, when we partake of communion, if we don't do it the right way, he said, for this cause, there are many weak and sick among you. Yep. Inferring that if we do it the right way, there won't be any weak or sick among us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So he's, he's, he begins to reveal himself, I am the Lord who heals you. And he continues to reveal himself as a healer in Exodus 23, <coughs> what he tells them here in verse 25 and 26, and this is in the New International Version. He says, worship the Lord your God, and his blessing will be on your food and water. And then he says this, I will take away sickness from among you. I will take away, that's who he is. He's a healer. I will take away sickness from among you. Verse 26, and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. Hallelujah. He says, I'll take away sickness from among you. He said, there won't be anybody barren. No one will miscarry. And he says, I'll give you a full lifespan. A full lifespan is not 30 or 40 or 50 or even 60 years or 70 years. Amen. In Psalm 91, 16, he says it this way, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. We'll just keep living until you're satisfied. Fran's not satisfied yet. Glory to God. She's 92 and just as sharp and strong and vigorous you know, and she wasn't doing this. I'm going to tell on her because we, we spent some time in the car yesterday together. We went to a memorial service and we're in the car for quite some time because it was over in Cartersville. Uh, and she, did, she just was telling about her day and she wasn't saying it to brag, but I'm going to, I'm going to brag on her a little bit. She said, you know, I like to get up. She said, I don't like to travel because it gets me out of my routine. And my routine is I like to get up in the morning and pray about three hours. Thank God. She said, all I can do is pray. That's all I can do. I can't do much. I'm not much. I said, Fran, that's the greatest thing you can do. Lord, make sure that you give her your name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. With long life, I'll satisfy. She's not satisfied yet. She's going to stay around. She said, I want to stay and see our nation turn around. Glory. Amen. Because she's praying about that. And the destiny of America lies in the hands of people like that. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. 
So with long life, he said, I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'll give you a full lifespan. Amen. Forty years after they've come out of Egypt now, Moses is giving his farewell address, which is the book of, the book of Deuteronomy is Moses' farewell address to the children of Israel. I don't know if you knew that. But he's giving his farewell address to the children of Israel and he reminds them of God's healing covenant with them. In Deuteronomy 7, verse 14, he says, You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your livestock. Why? Because, because the Lord is their God. Because they're serving and following Jehovah, the true and living God, and He is a healing God. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 15, And the Lord will take away from you all sickness. He reminds them of that. He told them, he told them that in, in, uh, in Exodus 23. He said, I'll take sickness away from your midst. And here he reminds them, he said, the Lord will take away from you all sickness. That's what he does. He's a healer. He's a healer. Hallelujah. The psalmist, uh, moving forward through the scripture, the psalmist proclaims that the Lord is a healer. And he, and he tells us to remember the benefits that he provides to us. Somebody said, well, pastor, I don't serve God for the benefits that he gives me. Well, aren't you something? I'm going to take all that he's got for me. You may not need them, but I do. I need them. I need his benefits. Hallelujah. What are they? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse, the next verse says, who, for, who forgives all your iniquities. I don't know about you, but I need that. I need that benefit. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. That's what he does. That's who he is. He's a healer. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. And the psalmist said, don't forget that. Don't forget those benefits. Amen. A lot of religious teaching and wrong teaching, uh, theological teaching has caused many in the church to forget those benefits. Oh, well, God doesn't do that anymore. Oh, well, it's not always His will. Oh, well, this or that. No, no. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't forget those benefits. Isaiah, again, moving forward through the scripture, Isaiah prophesies about the coming Messiah Redeemer. In Isaiah 53 and verse 4, <coughs> he says, Surely he has borne, Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus came into the earth, he sees a picture and a vision of, and a revelation of Jesus on the cross, of Jesus suffering in our place. And he says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. Isaiah is, again, is foreseeing what we know and what we understand as the Messiah, Jesus, suffering for us to bring salvation to us, to bring wholeness to us, to bring healing to us, spirit, soul, and body. Praise God. By, with, by His stripes, 
we are healed. That's what, that's what when God came to earth, when God sent his son to earth, that's what he came to do. By his stripes, we are healed. He came to do that for us. Amen? Why? Because he's a healing God. He is a he- from beginning to end. From the beginning of this book to the end of it, we see that he's a healing God. Hallelujah. Amen? Let's, uh, back in verse 4, we, it reads there, Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And that is true. Jesus did do that. But I want us to look at, at some other uh, translations uh, here and, uh, and how they translate Isaiah 53, 4. Christian Standard Bible says, Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. He himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. The complete Jewish Bible says, In fact, it was our diseases he bore, our pains from which he suffered. The New Revised Standard updated edition says this, Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. The New American Standard Bible says, However, it was our sicknesses that he himself bore and our pains that he carried. Now it's a shame that if Jesus already took our sicknesses and bore our sicknesses and carried our pains, it's a shame for us to walk around with them. Because he already bore them. Why did he do this? Because God is a healing God. And when he sent the Redeemer, when he sent the Savior, he did something about the healing of our bodies. Not just, not just the salvation of our spirits or the forgiveness of our sins, which is top priority, number one, but he also did something about the healing of our body. Thank God. Amen. Again, notice the action in the scriptures that we've, that we've read, the action of taking away, of carrying, of bearing. He's, we, we read in Exodus 15, 26, I will take away sickness from among you. In Deuteronomy 7, 15, and the Lord will take away from you all sickness. Jesus carried our pains. He did it to take them away from us. God takes away our sickness. God takes away our disease from us. How does he do it? I don't know, but he does it. All he asked, me, all he asked of me is that I believe that. All he asks of me is that I accept that. All he asks of me is that I recognize that, yes, he still does that today. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. In John chapter 1, John 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, And the Word, the Word that was in the beginning with God, the Word that was God, This same word, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became man. Why? So that he could live among us. Well, what did he do? What did he do when he came to live among us? Well, he did the same thing that he had been doing all along that we've been talking about so far and that we've been tracing from the book of Exodus right up until the time that that the Savior, that, that God the Son, the Word of God, becomes flesh and comes into the earth. He did, when He came into the earth, He was doing the same thing that, he, that God had always done. Let's look at it. Matthew 9, verse 35, Then Jesus 
went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and what? Healing, Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When God came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, He kept doing what it was always His intention and His desire to do, and that was to heal every sickness and every disease among the people because our God is a healing God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 14, it says, Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, He saw His wife's mother, Peter's mother-in-law, lying sick with a fever, So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. When evening had come, verse 16, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. Notice that. How did he cast them out? Notice it didn't go through some some, uh, big, long, uh, elaborate uh, deliverance session. He cast out the spirits with the word, get out, go, leave. Amen. He cast out the spirits with the didn't didn't give them a bag to throw up in. You got to throw that demon up now. Cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now again, Matthew is quoting Isaiah 53, 4, which is another confirmation that, that, that the wording there should really be sicknesses and pains and not just griefs and sorrows, although certainly Jesus bore our griefs and sorrows. We don't minimize that. But we know that, that sicknesses and pains and infirmities, that's an accurate rendering of that because Matthew when he, when he sees Jesus healing the people, he said, well, he's doing this to fulfill Isaiah 53 and verse 4. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. He did what with our infirmities? He took them. He took them. Amen. Royal, uh, would you take my Bible? Now, it's okay. So who's got the Bible now? Do I have my Bible? Why? Yeah. Because Royal took it. Now, uh, if it was sickness and disease, I don't want you giving it back. And Jesus won't give it back to you. Amen. (laughs) That's the good news. Amen. He took it. He took it. He took our infirmities. He took them. Praise God. Are you seeing this? Amen. Now, uh, so, so Matthew says this was a fulfillment, that it might be fulfilled. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. It was the beginning of the fulfillment. It wasn't the complete fulfillment, but it was the beginning of it. Amen. Because he kept doing that. He kept healing the people. And Jesus knew also that his time on earth would be limited. He knew that his assignment was only going to be for a short time here on the earth. And so before he goes back to heaven, he wants to make sure that this expression of the heart and the will of God in healing the sick, that it would continue in the earth. Amen. So, he authorized his followers. Matthew 10. Matthew 10, verse 1, it says, And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. 
So he takes his 12 disciples and he authorizes them and he gives them power to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Later we read uh, in, in Luke's account that he called 70 others and he did the same thing for them and sent them out to heal the sick as well. Why? Because he wanted to multiply the healing ministry. He wasn't trying to keep it to himself. He wanted to multiply it. Amen. And this continued, of course, after Jesus went back to heaven, after his death and resurrection, and then he ascended back to heaven. Before he goes back, after his resurrection, he gives instructions to his disciples in Mark chapter 16. And verse number 17, it says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. These signs will follow who? Those who believe. He says, in my name, they'll do these things. So in my name, they'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. In essence, Jesus was saying, it's just like I'm going to still be here. I'm going to authorize you to use my name. If you'll lay hands on the sick in my name, they'll recover just as if I was here laying my own hands on them. That's what he was trying to say. Amen? Praise God. So uh, Jesus ascends back into heaven. Uh, He sends the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost to fill and empower his people. And just days later... Days later, Peter and John encounter the lame man. In Acts chapter 3, we read about that. In Acts 3 and verse 6, they're coming into the the hour of prayer into the temple, and they go in by the the beautiful gate, one of the the gates of the temple called the beautiful gate. And uh, they're going in there, and there's a lame man. He's been lame from birth, and he's asking for alms. Somebody give me a handout. Can you spare some change, a few dollars? Uh, and so Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. And we could, and we could insert uh, in there as well. And that's not really what, what, what you need. <laughs> Amen. That's not going to remedy your situation fully. Now, again, I'm, not, I'm certainly not opposed to giving to the poor. Certainly we, we should do that. And the Bible instructs us to. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, notice that. What I do have I give you. I don't have any silver and gold on me right now. Now, later on, they had plenty because, you know, if you, read, if you read Acts chapter 5, you find out they had plenty. But, in, but, but he didn't have any on him right now, but he said, I don't have any silver and gold on me. But hey, wait a minute, I got something. I got something I do have that I can give you. And it wasn't a sandwich. It wasn't a pack of crackers. It wasn't a juice box or a bottle of water. Uh, But what I do have, I give you in the name. I've got the name. I have the name. I've been authorized to use the name. What I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And Peter said, yeah, it's just like Jesus said. Yeah, it works just like he said it would work. Yeah, his healing ministry has not vanished from the earth just because he's gone back into heaven. It's still here. He's still healing the sick. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
And so we see the healing ministry, we see it continuing throughout the book of Acts. As you read through the book of Acts over and over, you see God's healing power revealed through the church. Amen? Hallelujah. Why? Because our God's a healer. Our God is a healer. Hallelujah. And if we go to the very last chapter of the book of Acts, which is the very last chapter of recorded events in the Bible, it's the last chapter of the narrative of the Bible. Now we've got, you say, well, that's not the last book in the Bible. I, I, I realize that. We've got the letters that Paul wrote from Romans up, and then, and then not only Paul, but Peter and John and James. And then we have the book of Revelation. We've got all of that. But that was all being written while the book of Acts was taking place. So you, you see what I'm saying? So the last recorded events of the narrative as far as the timeline of what's happening from in the Bible, and we started in Exodus, we started with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, and we've traced it all the way through now to the last uh, recorded in, thing in the Bible that we have of God working in and through His people. And we read this in Acts chapter 28. In Acts 20, and, and Clint, you can come on back up if you would. Uh, in Acts 28, uh, Paul has, he's on his way to Rome. Remember, he survived the shipwreck. Remember they were, Paul said, we, we really shouldn't go. And, and he was uh, overruled by the, uh, by the captain of the ship. He said, you stick to preaching and I'll stick to sailing, mate. And, uh, and I, don't know if he, I don't know if he said it with an Australian accent, but you don't know that he did it. So, all right. Acts 20. And so they get into the shipwreck and... Um, and so they, they, but they survive. The, sh- the ship's being beaten, broken up, and they, they jump off the ship and they, and they uh, go to shore. On, on, they float to shore and swim to shore, holding on to parts of the ship that's breaking up. In verse uh, 1 of chapter 28, now when they had escaped, they found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. Because of the rain, there was like 276 people on this ship. Paul, other prisoners, soldiers, sailors, 276 people in all. And so they, they come to this island, all 276 of them. Not one, not one is lost. Paul said, I'm going to give you all that sail with you. Not one's going to be lost. And so they all survived this horrible storm and shipwreck. And they, and they arrived safely uh, here on the island of Malta. And the natives of the island showed them unusual kindness and it says they kindled a fire, they made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. Verse 3, so they've got a fire there. So Paul says, I'm going to pitch in and I'm going to gather some, some fuel for the fire. I'm going to gather some firewood. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand... And now they, they knew about these snakes because they were native to that island there. They lived there, and so they knew how deadly they were. They'd seen, they'd seen their people die from these snake bites before. And uh, so it, 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 it fastens itself on Paul's hand. Verse 4 says, So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But what did Paul do? Verse 5 says, 
but he shook off the crystal. See, he's got this viper hanging on his arm, and he just goes and shakes it off. Shakes it off into the fire. Hallelujah. He shook off the creature into the fire, and notice this. And what was the last part say? Suffered no harm. He suffered no... Now, this is what Jesus was talking about in Mark chapter 16 when he said, if they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They'll, they'll take up serpents. He wasn't talking about getting the box out and taking the, and taking the rattlesnake out and doing it on purpose, saying, let me show you what kind of faith I got. No, he's talking about in, the, you know, in, 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 in our work of, of, of going and sharing the gospel and living for God, if accidentally something like this happens, we can shake it off in the fire. We can shake it off and suffer no harm. Amen. All right. So he did that. He shook off the creature and he suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. They said, well, yeah, he, he, may, be, he may look like he's okay now, but we've seen these snake bites before. We know how this goes. And it won't end well for you, buddy. We can tell you that because... We, we saw somebody just last month that this, this, this happened to. And so they said, all right, he's going to swell up. Then he's going to die, okay? Uh, and so they, it says they were, they, they, after, after they had looked for a long time, so Paul just says, no, I'm, I'm okay, and, and continues to go about his business. And they said, well, uh, they saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds, and they said he was a good... People can be fickle, can't they? One moment they're calling him a murderer. The next moment they're calling him God. Well, he had experienced that before in the reverse because in, in one place where they went uh, and people got healed, the, the priests of, that, of, that, the, 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 of the false gods there, wherever they were at, came and after people got healed, they were going to sacrifice to Paul and to Barnabas. And, uh, and Paul said, no, don't, we're, we're not gods. And so uh, b- before they left that town, though, they, they had so, uh, uh, the religious leaders had so turned them against Paul and Barnabas, they were going to stone them. One minute they're calling them God, and they're going to sacrifice to them. The next minute they're going to stone them. People can be fickle. Here, uh, here they're saying he's a murderer. Now they're saying, well, he must be a god. Well, well neither was it. Amen. <laughs> All right. But anyway, suffered no harm. Now, here's what I want to get to. Verse 7. In that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened there that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. Again, last chapter of recorded events in the Bible, what do we see? We see the healing of the sick. We see God working through His people, God working to heal the sick. Why? Because our God is a healer. Our God is a healer. We trace it all the way from the beginning, from Exodus, all the way through here now, last recorded events, and we see Him healing the people, laid hands on, this, on, on Publius, his father, who was sick, very sick, and he, Paul laid hands on him and healed him. Verse 9... So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. All of them. All of them. Hallelujah. From the first of the Bible to the last, we've got a revelation that God is a healer. Amen? Hallelujah. James says this in James 5 and verse 14. 
Is anyone among you sick? That's very interesting that he even asked that question. I know Dad Hagen used to point that out. He said, today he would write to the two-thirds of you that are sick out there. No, he said, anybody, anybody sick? Inferring, inferring that we shouldn't be. Now, now if you are, I'm not, I'm not, it's not condemnation. Don't, don't receive it that way. But what I'm saying is, James, and James is looking at it from the standpoint, well, we know what the will of God is. We know the will of God is for us to be healed and whole and well. And, and, and we pray that everyone and believe that everyone's walking in that. But, but, but if there's anyone among you sick, we've got, we've got something that we can do about that. Amen. If there is, we've got a remedy. We've got a solution. We've got an answer. We have a provision. Hallelujah. Our God is a healing God and He never changes. Let Him call. Is anyone among you sick? Well, here's the solution. Here's the remedy. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, God surely won't heal him then. Oh, did I? Oh, I, excuse me. I, start, I, I don't know why I wrote down the reverse standard version here. No, if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Again, Dad Hagen said, God, the, the Lord will heal you on credit. He'll heal you on credit. You might, you might have been, you know, you might have had sin in your life, but you go to God, you've got sickness, disease, and, and, and you come and you, and, and you have the prayer of faith, pray, you pray the prayer of faith, you're anointed with oil, and, and you repent, you say, Lord, uh, forgive me. Uh, he says, the prayer of faith will save the sick, the Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven. Again, the two go together. You can't separate. You can't. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We read earlier, who forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. Yes, Healing is a part of the gospel just as, just as forgiveness is part of the gospel. You can't separate them. Amen. David Ingalls has a song, What God Has Joined Together. Let it stand. Amen. And, 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 you know, he's, Jesus says that about marriage, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. And, uh, and so David Ingalls took that statement and said, you know, God has joined together forgiveness, salvation for the spirit, the new birth, and also healing throughout the scripture. So what God has joined together, let not man separate. Amen. Let's not just preach and believe in the forgiveness of our sins, let's accept and believe and preach the healing of our bodies. Our God, yes, He's a Savior for our sins. Yes, He redeemed us from our sin, but He is also a healer. Hallelujah. The healer of our bodies. Amen. Praise God. And He doesn't change. Malachi 4, 6, He says this. He says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. And we see it. We've seen it today. I've taken you through the scripture from the book of Exodus through the book of Acts and into the book of James and we see he's the same. He doesn't change. He's healing his people. He's healing those who come to him all the way through. All the way through. Uh, uh, Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is what? The same. The same. Yesterday... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we never see him refusing to heal anyone. 
We see him healing every sickness and every disease among the people that we read about. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Some people say, well, yeah, that healing, God did heal and Jesus healed, but that's passed away now. No, he's, he's the same. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just raise our hands and praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you right now that you are our healer, that you are the Lord, our physician. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. Lord, I thank you that you confirm your word. You said you would do that. You said go and preach the gospel. And you said that you would confirm your word. Hallelujah. With signs following. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just stay in an attitude of prayer for a moment right now. We're in a series, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, on healing. And I want to spend some time. There's going to be several more messages on Sunday on the subject of divine healing. And Dad Hagen used to always follow the, the method, and we talked about that last week. Uh, he said he would, he would encourage people to come and be in the services and, and, and hear the word and let their faith get built up before bringing them into the prayer line. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I, I see the value in that. And so if you're not ready to have hands laid up, you need healing in your body, but you say, you know, I've, I've been dealing with this for some time. I just want to get my faith built up a little more. That's fine. But if you, I don't want anybody suffering either. So if you need some immediate relief, or if you say, no, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to receive my healing right now. I want hands laid on me. I want to be anointed with oil. And when hands are laid on me, when I'm anointed with oil and the prayer of faith is prayed over me, I'm going to receive my healing because God is my healer. I know that. If that's you, I want you to come down here right now. And I want to do that. I want to anoint you with oil. And pray the prayer of faith over you. So come down right now if that's you. All right. We got everybody, right? Hallelujah. Got everybody? Yep. Praise God. All right. I know you're still, you're still with us. The red light is on, so I'm assuming you're still with us if you're joining us on our live stream or if you're watching this at a later time. And we want you to know that Jesus is your healer. Hallelujah. We had a, a, a wonderful manifestation of God's healing power right here in our service just now. And he wants you well. So I want you to do this. If you have sickness and disease or pain in your body, I want you to put your hand on your body, wherever you're hurting, wherever your pain is. And I'm going to pray for you right now. And all of us in the auditorium here are going to agree and believe God for your healing. Thank you, Jesus, that you took our infirmities that you bore our sicknesses. And for those that are joining us right now that are believing you, they've, they've put their hand on their own body. Lord, I thank you right now that you take it away. That you take away the sickness. That you take away the pain. That you take away the disease. In your mighty name, Lord Jesus, because this is what you do. You take sickness from your people. And we thank you for doing it right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Amen. And you may be saying, well, I, I don't even know if I'm one of his people. I've never even been saved. Well, he'll go ahead and heal you to begin with. So now I want to invite you and those of you in the auditorium here, if you'd bow your head and close your eyes, I think I know, but, but we won't take anything for granted. 
If you're joining us on YouTube or if you're in the auditorium here and you've never invited Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. We all need a Savior. We've all sinned and our sins have separated us from God. But the good news is that God loved us. God sent us a Redeemer. He sent us a Savior. And He didn't send a a second-class angel to do it. He sent His very own Son. God Himself came to earth to die for our sins because that was the only way that our sins could be atoned for. God had to do it. None of us were qualified to do it, but God did it. Jesus came and he died on the cross and he shed his blood for your sin and for my sin, for the sins of the whole world. And, and to prove that he did it and it was effective, three days later, he rose from the dead and walked out of the grave and he's alive today. And so all we have to do is call on him. All we have to do is say, Lord Jesus, and just say this after me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me. I couldn't save myself. So you came down to save me. You shed your blood. You bore my sins. You took them away so that I could be righteous. I received that. Three days later, you were raised from the dead. You're alive today. You are my Savior. And you are my Lord. I turn from my sin. And I receive you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us, get in touch with us here at City on a Hill Church. Go to our website, cityonahillchurch.us and go to our contact page. And send us an email on that contact form and let us know that you prayed to receive Jesus. We'd love to follow up with you and, uh, and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Praise God.